Welcome, ladies, to the Real Estate Investor Show, providing inspiration, strategies, and insight to empower women investors to live balanced and financially free lives. Now, here are your co-hosts, Liz and Andressa. On today's episode, we had Pooja Talati from Enzo Multifamily, and we had such a great interview with her, didn't we, Andressa? She is lovely. Yeah, she really is. And we, we got into a lot. And I, I'd say the number one thing that was so powerful and helpful to be reminded of is the power of patience, especially in mm -hmm. the hot, hot market that we're in. Uh, she's in multifamily. I know so many people are in multifamily or want to be in multifamily. And we can get very, oh, well, that's my criteria, but let me, be comp you know, let me compromise it because we really want to get a deal. It's competitive. And that's the worst thing you can do. So I love that she goes into a little more detail around that, what her criteria is and how important the objectives are are and how to stick to your guns. So I, I really appreciated that uh, in terms of the interview today. Absolutely. And she, she's such a powerhouse and she owns it. I love that about her. She talks about plan to scale. What does that look like? We always talk about yeah. one year, five year and 10 year plan. She always, she mentioned that also, but she talked about not using certain systems will affect your how effective you are how successful you are therefore you will waste time and money so when you're thinking about what can you put in place right now to scale your business look at your five your 10 year goal and see do i need this now or later because it might cost you more later to not have it or to fix it really really powerful interview enjoy ladies Welcome back, ladies. This is Liz. And this is Andressa. This is uh, the Real Estate Investor Show, and we're excited to be back with you on another great episode. We have Pooja on our show today. Pooja, welcome to the Real Estate Investor Show. Thank you very much. I'm happy to be here. Yeah, we're looking forward to getting into her story, which is super fascinating, uh, doing some amazing, amazing things in apartment syndications and all that good stuff. So we're going to get into her story in a moment. Um, but we like to do, Andressa, like we do every week, get connected yeah. to all the all the amazing women listening. We have women who are, are starting out, who might be uh, professional, uh, in the professional world, business, or even staying at home, and they're looking to get involved in real estate investing. And we have a ton of women who listen who are growing their real estate portfolio and need support and need accountability and need all that good stuff that comes along, right? It's mm -hmm. not like you buy property and you're done, right? Wouldn't that be nice? I'm done. Don't be like, <laughs> yeah. I got this one and now I'm set for life. Right? You know, Pooja, that's how it goes, right? We just we buy property oh, and we sit back. No, I know. That's yeah, I be... just chill, hang out at the beach, right? Yeah, right? <laughs> so um, so those, those are the amazing ladies that are listening to this show and where we're, we're, who, we, who we serve. So as we do every week, it's my turn to kind of share a quick little tip, a quick little story, a quick something to uh, hopefully benefit the women listening. And quick thing I have to share with everyone is, I don't know about the ladies listening, but as women, as moms, as uh, busy entrepreneurs and business owners and investors, we wear a lot of hats. <laughs> uh, I don't think I, I don't think I'm speaking alone on that, right? Um, Absolutely not, no. Knowing both of you and, and obviously myself, I mean, literally, I, I, it is... It is in the morning when we're recording this and I, I've been up since 4.30 in the morning and I've probably done like 12 different things, right? Um, so 
that could get overwhelming, obviously, for many of us. So something that I was actually um, coaching my husband, which I'm, he loves when I coach him. It's his favorite <laughs> thing in the world. Um, something I was telling him this morning, and he's like, oh, you got to share that on your show. When you leave when you leave something, like whether you went to go see a property, uh, you left a meeting, you left a conversation, it's some, some segment of your life, whether it's your, when you're a parent, when you're um, working on a property, what, what have you. In that moment, there is a follow-up that needs to happen. So for example, uh, I, have a, I have a call with someone where we're bringing on another investor leader on our team and growing that, which is super amazing. I had something I told her I was going to do, right, on that call. So in that moment, I went up, I opened my calendar, I put a task. But you have to do it in that moment. And most people just write it down yes. and they forget. And then they're like, oh, shoot, I was going to do that. So my recommendation for the women listening is when you're in that moment and you're in that kind of like that task or that meeting or that you've promised to do something, or even if you leave a property and your contractor says, okay, by Friday, I'm going to have the windows and the cabinets and the fill in the blank complete. You can write a note in your calendar in that moment. Cause that's where you are. Wednesday, I'm going to check with Joe to make sure he said he, you know, he did what he said he was going to do. Um, because so often we then go to the next thing and then we call like in a week and Joe, did you do that? Oh no. Well, meanwhile, you should have called on Wednesday. So right. that's my quick, quick tip for the day. That's awesome. And I, I really appreciate that. In my head, I was like, what are the tools to do that? So I'll share with you guys what I use. So as Liz said about the Google Calendar, so I add to the Google Calendar, but if I don't add an alert to myself, I will forget. So I, I add the alert and sometimes it's just an alert during the day or 10 minutes before the day that I want to do that. Another quick uh, app that I use is Google Keep that you can create different uh, lists. So if I have a meetup, I have a meetup list there. And if I have a project, I have a project that I can, you know, you can easily go there and add that. And mm -hmm. once you are done, what I really like about it is that you can like cross it. Yep. And be oh, done. I love I that. Like, yep. I like the crossing part. Yeah. That's, the, that's the best list. part. Yes. So those are the two tips, but I completely agree with you, Liz, with everything that we have going on. I, we can't, I don't rely on my memory, right? I oh, can't rely. So I rely on apps that will put me in a successful position. And then sometimes people say, Oh my gosh, how did you remember about, no, I didn't. I just, <laughs> <laughs> I didn't remember. I didn't. Yeah. The app did. <laughs> so well, that's good. about it. Yeah, no, that was great. Appreciate that. Um, yeah, because the, the apps are key and, and to do it in that moment, because then you're going into the next thing and you're like, yeah. okay, I now have a new segment of my life. I like to call them segments because that's really what they are. <laughs> yeah, right. So without further ado, Pooja, we want to get to your story. You have such an amazing sure. story. We like to ask the women that we interview, what propelled you to get involved in real estate investing and to share your story with the ladies listening? Yeah, great question. So um, I'll kind of give a little bit of back history. So um, I did uh, strategy and consulting for about three to four years. And then um, I moved to Hershey, Pennsylvania. That's where my husband was doing his residency and um, had a really great passion for marketing. So I was at the Hershey company for about four years. Um, and during that time, um, I had a baby and I was on maternity leave and we had moved to Charlotte. Um, so I was in between jobs at the time. We um, have always wanted to get into real estate, but with my husband studying, you know, we couldn't both take 
the risks and, you know, we, we needed to financially support ourselves. Um, so that was a really great moment. And as I was looking for a job, my brother actually um, started the company, Sep and Salati started it with Dina Jetty. Um, and he's like, you know, why don't you come work for us um, and be a partner with Enzo um, and, you know, check it out. This is something you wanted to do. Now you can do it. And, um, you know, if you don't like it, you can always go back to corporate America and you'll have a great story. I was like, all right, you know what? This is the perfect time for me to take that risk. My husband's now in attending. So, um, you know, let's, let's do this. I couldn't do a full-time job and, you know, just have a, a three week old. And at the same time, you know, try to manage something else. It was just too much. And I didn't want to stretch myself too thin. So that's really how I got into it. And I started off with, um, really leading the marketing for Enzo. And that's, that's one of the biggest things that I do. Um, so it was something that was a very like natural transition, different industries, um, but was great is then I could use and flex different muscles. Um, and you know, I thought, okay, if it doesn't work, I can always go back, but here I am a couple of years later and I absolutely love it. Awesome. And for the ladies that are listening, can you clarify Enzo is a real estate company? Yeah. So it's Enzo multifamily and we focus specifically in multifamily properties. Awesome. awesome. So walk, walk us through your first project. What type of project was that? And what were your biggest challenges? Yeah. So, um, one of my first projects, actually, I had just joined the company and you know, that this is the time where I'm still like learning the industry. Um, and you know, it was probably about six or seven months in. And so, you know, I'm, I'm still learning the industry and there's just a lot to learn. Um, so one of the things that I realized, um, just, I think for someone new is patience is really important. Um, our investors. And so, you know, the company had been, been there for a couple of years and, you know, I had just joined and our investors just kept asking, when is your next project? When is your next project? Um, and, you know, we had gone through so many LOIs, we put in so many offers, we walked away from one, it was between us and someone else. And it just ended up being a bidding war. And I realized like mm. patience is key. Um, and you really, if you have certain objectives for your project, um, you want to meet those objectives, you have certain like metrics that, you know, you have to have in your model stick to your guns on that because you don't want a broker to sway you and say, okay, well, this is what everybody else is doing. So it's, you know, it's only $25,000 more. Don't do it. Um, and the reason I say that and patience is key is then, you know, another project came out maybe three or four weeks later and we got awarded that project. Mm. Um, and so, you know, I looked at that as a blessing in disguise. I'm glad that the team really stuck to our guns. Um, and, and the reason I say that is it's so easy to, um, you're so close to something and you want it. Um, but, but stick with your guns. And we explained to our investors too, you know, your, our name is going on it. So you want to make sure that it's the right project. And I think they really appreciated that, um, even though it took us a little bit longer um, in the beginning of the year to get something. So that was one of the, the things that I think as I started the project, it was a great lesson um, for me to just to see that. Um, I think the biggest thing too is you're going to run up against different challenges on every single project. So the challenges that I saw on my first project, you know, you learn from them, um, write them down. So similar to Liz, what you mentioned earlier on, mm -hmm. as you're going through the project, make sure you write down a oh, lesson learned or, Hey, this was a big challenge, or maybe we should do this a little bit differently. And I'm talking about things like maybe putting something into the contract ahead of time. I mean, gosh, I learned something 
um, right around the time with like Hurricane Dorian um, that now I know, okay, note to myself, make sure we put that in the PSA. So you're always going to learn these tidbits on every project, um, write them down because you know, as soon as the project closes, you're, you're not just sitting on the beach, you are now focusing on operating, but there's so many things that you're going to forget because now you're in um, operation mode. So um, before so I forget, can you clarify what you mentioned about the, the hurricane? Yeah, so um, a, a tidbit that I learned um, when I was talking to the insurance company is when there is a named storm, and it doesn't mean that it's hit um, a certain area or anything, but as soon as a named storm hits, they're telling me that no insurance will be given. So even when you're under contract and there's a named storm, you're not going to be able to get the insurance. Mm. So that's something that I learned and a very good good key is to write that into your PSA um, and obviously ask your, your lawyers on how to, to write the language, but essentially say that if there's a named storm and we can't close because of insurance, uh, we can't get insurance to kind of basically get an extension. Awesome. Interesting. That's a great tidbit. Yeah. I mean, it was something that you, you just don't know until, um, you know, you we were just talking about talking about this during that time. And I thought, oh, I didn't know that. I'm glad that they told me. So I will put that into the next one. Um, and you keep learning. It does not end. Absolutely. You know, and I, yeah. sometimes you, you scratch your head. You're like, we've been at this for like 15 years. I know mm -hmm. I look 20 years old. No, I'm joking. <laughs> um, that was a bad joke. But um, I really like, I, I wonder sometimes, I'm like, how are we still learn? But it is, it's just, it's one of those businesses that's so dynamic and you get into different projects, you're going to continue to learn. There's no, no one that I know that doesn't. And to think you're going to just get it all is, is impossible, you know? I would say like the goals for us is that each project we do should get a little bit easier and better. Yeah. So things that you, you may not have done right the first time, make sure you don't make that same mistake the second time because then it shows that you're learning. But oh, believe me or not, I mean, it just streamlining your processes, your operations, it'll just make your lives easier. So like I said, I think, I think you started off the show very well with just writing things down wherever it is on the computer. For me, I do sticky notes on my computer. And then I also have like a little to-do book because um, I do like crossing things off. Mm. But then every day I will rewrite the things that I need to do. So it's kind of ingrained like, okay, those five things from yesterday, I still have to do. And I, I rewrite them again. So Pooja, I love that. And I, I want to circle back though for a moment on a couple of things you said. I just want to highlight. And I, I think they're great points for a few different reasons. You mentioned about patience is key. And I think especially in a competitive market that we're in, we're still in that everyone's going for the same deals. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, someone just, people just waking up and saying, I want to get into multifamily. Well, yeah, so does everyone else. And so does <laughs> right. everyone want more deals. <laughs> so you're not unique. Um, and I think that's really critical. If you have, I love what you said about having your objections, your not objections, excuse me, your objectives written down. Mm -hmm. So you're buying criteria. Whether you're buying a single family home or whether you're buying a 200 unit apartment building, obviously the criteria will be different, but you still need that. These are the four or five things that are non-negotiables. And everyone we interview on this show, listen to this, women listening, they have non-negotiables. They have criteria. I don't meet any successful apartment building owner, single family home building owner, what have you. And they're like, whatever, you know, whatever it looks like, I'm going to buy it. Like no one has that as a buying right. criteria. So you need them and, and you'll be taken more seriously by uh, commercial brokers. 
you'll be taken seriously, more seriously by your investors who are going to, if you're going down the route of raising money, and obviously you'll be taken more seriously by the, the folks accepting or not accepting your offer. So I just want to reiterate that because it's really hard in this market. It's really easy to get a little bit of flexible on things and you, you're on a slippery slope if you do that. So I just wanted mm -hmm. to reiterate that because um, I've been there and done that. Um, I love what you said about lessons learned. I would also recommend to the woman listening just really quick is if you learn something, share it. So if you're building a community, you're building your own buyers list, you're building investor base, you're building whatever, we're all building our, 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 our you know, reputation. Share it with people, share it on Facebook. People love learn lessons. They love not having to go through what you went through <laughs> to learn something, yep, right? Absolutely. I never and knew the, about the, the name storm, you know, yeah. you live through that. I don't wish that upon you, but now you know, and you're able to share it with us. Yep. So I would just recommend ladies listening, share what you're learning with others. Mm -hmm. And well, thankfully we weren't in a project. This was just a conversation that happened. Um, and I was so happy and thankful. So you know, it's something that I'm like, okay, I wrote a note down and I told the team. So I said, okay, next time, make sure we absolutely put this in. Um, but you know, a couple of the projects we were closing on were during the summer. Mm. It could have happened. And happened. you know, you just, you just never know. So, and I, and I do love that. I'm, I think that sharing and helping other people, I mean, that's how we all learn. Um, so pay it forward wherever you can. Awesome. And I think that as we all scale, our business, we get to a different game. You got to bump it up your game a little bit more. And talking about this subject, we all want to scale our business in some shape or form. I'm not talking about, oh, some, some people like to have multiples, but nobody wants to say, oh, I'm going to spend all this time getting my education and knowledge to buy one property and that's it. So I never heard of this before. <laughs> right. So, but when we scale, we always hear people scaling it too fast, too quick, and there's a trap on it. So based on your experience, what have you seen are not the secure path, but what are the no negotiables for you in terms of scaling? What other people can put in place before they think about expanding and taking into multiple projects at the same time? Yeah, great question. So this is something that I actually leveraged from just like my past corporate experience. So the start of every year, what we do is we do kind of like a strategy planning session. And we look at our short term, which is our one year, and then our five-year goals. And then we have like our 10-year goal. And as a team, we say, okay, um, for a one-year perspective, what are the markets that we want to look at? Are they the same as last year? But markets, markets can be dynamic. Um, in our case, they have been for the past two years. Um, what is our goal from um, the number of projects we think we might do? And that's variable, right? It could be um, by size. So if we reach a certain amount of units for the year, maybe that's what we want to do. Um, what is our capacity? And then where can we streamline or what do we need to improve upon for the year? So I think it's very, very important from um, a yearly perspective. And it's great to even look at this on a quarterly to say, okay, are we meeting our objectives? I'm very much of like a, a type of person that likes to have structure. Um, but then it's good because when you're writing something down, you've put that idea on paper 
you're able to visualize it with the team. And then now you have something to go back on and say, okay, are we meeting these or do we need to shift um, our, our strategy or direction based on maybe what's happening in the economy or, you know, something just isn't working. Um, so that's something that we, that I've learned from, you know, the corporate side of things that I've brought over and it's really helped our team just focus um, and make sure, okay, these are our guidelines. These are our criterias. Where do we see ourselves in five years? Um, and where do we see ourselves in 10 years? And then one thing I would also mention is the scalability, right? That you talked about. Um, make sure when you're forming your one-year plan, especially if you're just starting out and looking at your five-year plan, what are the steps you need to do to become scalable? So for example, maybe in the beginning, you may not be spending money on certain tools and certain software. That's okay. But think about in two or three years, where do you want to be and what types of platforms will help you get there? Because um, one thing you don't want to do is have to do all this rework or duct tape something and patch it up and then say, okay, now I am so big, but to start completely over and move my processes is going to be a huge time consuming process. Um, so just think through that. I would say, take your time and go a little bit slower. It's so easy to ramp up so fast, but then you're creating something that isn't like the foundation isn't strong. So I would say make sure your foundation is really strong before you like build that structure. And I'm using these analogies to real estate, but hopefully everybody gets mm -hmm. that. But I think that's really important because otherwise it'll just start crumbling or falling apart or you'll be stretched so thin because now your time is being used in areas where you're fixing things when you could be using that in um, focusing on um, acquiring properties and operating them. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that, it's just part of the business It's just what are the tools that you need to succeed? I truly think that people, when they, they're on my, my end in the construction uh, perspective, you're, if you're doing multiple projects at the same time, it justified the cost of buying a software for project management. For example, you wouldn't, you wouldn't necessarily justify the cost if you're doing two or three properties, but if you're doing two digits, it is just physically impossible, mentally impossible for one to manage it. And it will facilitate because I'm, I'm sure you are dealing with different crews, different people, and then it facilitates the communication. So what you're saying, it really, it's remarkable because I don't want to pay the price for not having the tools that I really need to get to succeed. And the time that it's going to take me to fix this and the cost of it, right? It, it, yeah. it just takes to another level. Absolutely. And your time is money. I mean, you are worth, you know, think about it from like an hourly perspective. That's a lot of your time and hours. So, um, Proper planning, I think, will will help you be more successful in the future. I think it's. I think what you're saying, or both of you saying, are critical, and I, I completely see it and, and agree with it. I think it's hard sometimes. You're in the throes of something, and you're in essence working on the business and in it, right? <laughs> so you you really have to create that space to to do both of those things, right? So if you're getting back to a tenant, and in that moment you're like. I really need to have a better system in place or a better tool in place to take care of that tenant, right? Using that as an example, a very yeah. common one yeah. if you're buying rental property and you're self-managing. So yeah, it's just, I, I think it's having that, I think it's having space as women 
to reflect on what's working and what's not working. And if you don't have that space, you just keep doing what you're doing. And then you're overwhelmed and busy and tired and complaining because you didn't buy more property or, or what have you. So, but it's really, it's a trap. I mean, and it's, it's not, it's not hard to understand how people get there. Cause I was there and I, I can be there at times and, and you have to just stop and go, okay, what's working? What's not, where do I want to be? And is this something I need to be spending my time doing? And if it isn't, then you better spend the time building the system and the write down what you're doing. And, and that's what I'm living through with one of the areas that we're, we're um, moving through, but very interesting. I think it's yeah, hard though. I, I think it's wanna- easy. I just wanted to add to that. So Liz, you, you, I just want to emphasize the question that you said, is this working? Is this not working? And now we're the third one that I always ask myself, is this the best use of my time? And believe me, I'm not, I'm not asking myself, do I like doing this? Do I enjoy doing this? Do I, I'm asking, is this the best use of my time? If the answer is no, I'm not doing it. I really am not doing it because I look, as I just said, I look at my five-year and my 10-year plan and that interest, I will not be doing it. So why this interest of now is doing it? My future is really now. I need to create that habit. And I get it that we are sometimes get trapped into things. But it is like, uh, I don't want to let go, but I, I need to let go. Yesterday, for example, I yes. stepped out of the Philly meetup. We, I was able to build a, an amazing group of people that really- Which I kept telling you for months <laughs> to do. But. but I really love it. I really like it. You know, I like it. Uh, I want to go there. But- strategically that interest of 10, five years won't be able to, right? Because Liz and I are going to be visiting all the other meetups around the country and really creating the support that all the ladies need. So I need to step out. So I created, you know, a team that are, is they're just amazing women, amazing, smarter than, than I can possibly imagine. And then I am able to step out of of it. But I, I get that sometimes it's just a difficult, you know, way of yeah. uh, being actually. You made a very good point. Sometimes you have to let go and you yeah. have to delegate. Um, I, I, I definitely catch myself doing that. Um, and there were, and just, so there's a couple of things that I was doing. I'm like, why am I still doing this? I <laughs> yeah. set up this, I set up the process, but now I can teach someone else to do it. Um, and I think, I think being able to delegate is very, very important because I think we like to do a lot of things and we like to keep mm-hmm. the ownership, but in order to grow, you have to start delegating and trusting that other people can do it. Yeah. So circle back to the multifamily operational side, cause that's your, that's your thing, right? In terms of really being able to, uh, marketing I know is, is one of your expertises, but obviously streamlining operations. And, mm-hmm. and, and when you and I talked, you, you had some great perspective on that. So yeah. I'm sure, you know, you got the strategy, the one, five, 10, how many, how many projects are we going to get involved in? Where are we going to be? Especially from like a, you're acquiring, what size building are you typically, or what, what, what amount, you know, a project do you tend to go after? So we usually look at something that's 100 units or higher. Okay, 100 units or higher. So you're looking at the different markets and then you acquire the building, right? You're Mm -hmm. going to look at a ton, analyze them to your metrics. Um, We've covered that on other episodes, which is always fascinating to see what you're looking, you, you folks are looking for 
compared to others. But now you have the project. And I think the work begins then. And so many people are all about, I want to buy a big building. They don't have any clue. Buying it is the easiest part. I think I really do. It's really the easiest part of it. Oh, God. Finding the money, putting the deal together. I mean, it's not yeah. easy. I'm not saying it's like one, two, three, easy, but relatively speaking, it's easier than managing it and really getting it mm-hmm. to where it needs to be. In my personal opinion, especially if you have a major value add building that's, yes. you know, in the fifties or sixties of occupancy, like that's a lot of work. Oh yeah. We talked about Right? There's like you and I are talking about. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So, so now you have this asset. Yeah. How do you pull in the operational side? What does your kind of operational process, if you will, look like? Because I think that what you, you and I were talking about in a previous call is applicable whether I have one property or whether I have a hundred unit property. Because so I loved your system approach to it. So if you don't mind, share that a little bit, because I think that would be helpful for the women. Yeah. Listening. Yeah. So um, one of the things is, um, you know, as you have all of properties, you want to make sure that you obviously know all of your numbers, right? So you have your business plan, make sure that you from day one, start looking at your business plan. So we use a third property, a third property management company. Um, So what we do is we hop on a weekly call with them. They share us, they share the numbers with us on a weekly basis, but to be completely honest, we're, we're looking at it more than just on a weekly basis. We're always in touch with them since marketing is my area of expertise. um, You know, I was, classically trained in consumer products. And so um, there's a lot of tool sets that I learned. So I'll just share that with them. And then there's, there's things that they know from a real estate perspective, like what works on marketing. And so it's a great way for us to share, but I help to structure, um, structure all of that. And so, you know, we look to make sure, okay, what was our pro forma? Um, Are we meeting these on a monthly basis? You know, I like to do the analysis myself. So the property management company will do it. But at the end of the day, you're the owners. And I truly believe that no one is going to take care of something as you would if you own it. Um, And so with that, you definitely need to take a little, while you have someone, um, their property management company, I still think the onus is on you to double check some of those numbers. Um, so what we like to do is do an analysis and say, okay, is the expenses where they should be? Um, what are the trends that we're seeing? Um, are the, is the income where it should be? Are we seeing certain trends? Um, what could we do better? Because just because we have the pro forma, in my mind, there's no reason why we can't exceed that. Um, so I'm always looking for areas where we can streamline those processes. If you have um, properties in the same area, are, is there a way that you can negotiate something with um, some of the suppliers and contractors there, right? So th- that's something that maybe we may not have had with property one, but now that we've closed on property two, um, let's start getting getting those pieces in place. Um, and yeah, it it is very time consuming, but at the end of the day, I think Liz, this is what you said, like this is where the real stuff starts. Yeah, um, you absolutely. know, and, and it's not just for a month or two, it's for years. And so you need to make sure that you start off on the right foot. And if you have certain challenges, like you said, if there's a big vacancy, um, as you know, you've taken over the property, well, you need to hit the ground running. You need to have a plan in place. You need to make sure. Um, so one, one thing that I did, and I think this is, this is what I was talking to you about, Liz, is we, when we talk with the property management company, I put together kind of a, um, like a little spreadsheet or like a red, yellow, green light, right? So what are some of the issues that we're seeing? And then make sure that the next week they were addressed. 
Um, and if it's not addressed, why wasn't it addressed? What other challenges we have? So kind of like a, a, a status of yeah. the property, the issues, challenges, risks, um, it's something that we found from an analysis, right? These are things that you're not going to get on the spreadsheet. So I think it's really important to have that um, and keep that, keep that running list. So for example, it could be things like, hey, um, we need to do this on the property and we'll say, okay, we'll table that. We'll, we'll circle with the team and we'll get back to you, but then put the deadline on there. So the next week we know, hey, um, Enzo team needs to come back and let the property management company know what the final decision was. So red, so go through the three, if you don't mind. Yeah. How do you define the so, three? Yeah, so the way I define it is green. It's like, let's just say occupancy is green. Okay, it's meeting our metrics. We're, we're doing just fine there. Yellow means it's at risk. So it's something that we need to kind of be in caution about. And then red means that it is, it is at risk and um, we need to address that issue. And you can also do that with things that you're working on. And so you could do red, yellow, green, like green means you've started. Yellow means you might miss your deadline. Red means you've completely missed your deadline. So yeah. these are all things that you can kind of do together to help like help organize. And I mean, you can go even further then and make like scorecards for all of your properties. And yeah. so, you know, how, how are all your properties doing? And if one is doing really well, can you apply those things to, to another property that isn't doing well? Yeah. So I think that you're making such a great point in terms of determining why is that specific property doing well and then multi, uh, duplicating that to other properties if possible. That's, that's mm -hmm. super cool. Yeah. And it doesn't always work like that, but there might be a key takeaway. And if there isn't, that's fine. Right. But um, if, if you can, this is where as you grow, you can use what you're learning on other properties and just, just don't keep them in silos. Yeah. And I, I think that, that, you know, it's funny. I think you talk to folks that have, you know, they, they go through the process. Well, then I'm going to hire a third party management and they're going to manage it and I'm good. Like, that's just not how it works. <laughs> and I, and I, you know, it's almost like there needs to be a book, like everything, all the lies that are being told to people. Oh, <laughs> I think that's what I'm going to write. The real estate investor's guide to the lies you're being told. No, no, that's kind of negative. But, but here's the thing. Like, I, I, I can't stress that enough. What you just said, Pooja, about really being effect, like being a very effective at managing the manager. And we hear that a lot. You have to manage the third party manager. I, I don't think that's new for anyone to hear. However, how you manage that manager, what data points you're looking for. Because if you get on a weekly call and they're like, everything's going well, and you know, this and this and this, and they give you some generalities and you're like, awesome. Cause I got 15 mm -hmm. fires to put out. I need to move on. Cause I'm, I can't talk to you all day anyway. And right. you're like, that's why I hire you. And that's why we're paying you the percent we're paying. You got to go into a little more detail to what pretty much bottom line, what a lot of the great nuggets you just shared about having these categories, like the red, the yellow, <laughs> the green. I love that. And the trends and they're not going to be looking at the trends. I don't care how much you like your, your property management company. They're not looking at the trends. They don't wake up every day. They're like, oh my God, I got to take care of Enzo. No, I mean, they're, they got like 19 customers to deal with. Right. So I love that. Something that we've put in place um, recently, we, we have now a third party uh, bookkeeper that are kind of crunching all the numbers and going through all the numbers, even more finite than we were. We have one of our team members doing that, but now we have a third party to pretty much do that even more more than it was being done. It was being done, but we just, we just wanted to get even more detail to just whoever, it. we wanted someone just studying the numbers more so than, you know, we, we were probably uh, doing, we were doing a good job, I'd say, but we were just like, we got to do 
like an amazing job at that. So we can start, like you said, you start to look at what's working, what's not. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, I, I think that's critical. I just wanted to reiterate that. Um, so, you know, as we, as we talk about, you know, all the things we're, you're up to, you, you had this new kind of, you know, you're a partner in this company. It sounds like you guys are up to amazing things. Um, and I know you have a growing family. Uh, you know, we all do our, our, we all have families that are growing, right? Um, So a lot of our shows about balance as women, because we wear a lot of hats and we're at the helm of the the home, whether we're cleaning our home or not, whether we're cooking the meals or not. Um, I do everything myself, but that's another story. (laughs) No, no, you, you're, I'm so proud of you. I'm doing better. I actually ordered my groceries for the first time. I I was like, oh my God. And the guy came in and I'm like, this is awkward, but I'm going to go with it because I need to get better at this. But, yeah. but we are, we're at the helm of a lot. So what do you do to keep it all kind of running the way it needs to run? You know, oh, what, what does goodness. work for you and, you know, anything yeah. you would share to the, the women listening, the, the, the best tips you have that, that yeah. work for you? Yeah. So, you know, what I will say is we, my husband and I are constantly changing you know, what works or what doesn't work. So um, for example, like working out is something that, you know, we used to do and then now we have two little ones and it was fine when we had one, but coordinating work schedules and, you know, making sure that we prioritize them. So now we we just change it around and he said, okay, I'll go in the morning and if you can do drop off, then I'll do pickup. And so I think like open communication is key because what might work three months ago may not work now, depending on- activities or whatever, um, you know, a good example actually is food or putting meals on the table. Um, and I used to just sort of, I I didn't really meal plan. And I think sometimes it takes a little bit longer to plan those meals, but I realized if I just take a couple hours to just do that, it will free up so much time in, in like during the weekdays of thinking, okay, what should I make? Do I have to go get something for this, et cetera, et cetera. So I'm still trying to figure it out. would love to get everybody's tips. Um, but I think for us, it's been communication and, and really being supportive of each other. Um, so, you know, if my, if my husband needs to go to a work meeting at night, you know, we'll just communicate ahead of time, like, Hey, I have to go, or if I have to go to a work meeting and we just kind of make it work. And, you know, it's also really important to make sure that you also do things for yourself. So if there's something that I want to go to with a bunch of my girlfriends, I do that. I support my husband because I think it just keeps your sanity. Yeah. Um, you know, and, and so I think that's really important, but you know, I, I'm not perfect. We're still trying to figure it out. I think for me, lists are really good. Um, cause when I can see something and then I can cross it off and, you know, if I'm overwhelmed, I have no problem asking for help. Um, so around the time when work was really crazy for me, I just, a lot of things that I used to do, I just asked my husband, I was like, Hey, can you do these things? Cause I just don't have the time. Um, and, and he happily did it. So I think it's just, it's a give and take, you know? And so that way, like when, when he has crazy days, I'll be there for him and vice versa. That's yeah. awesome. No, I love that. And, and it's hard sometimes to ask for help, right? Or yeah. at least hard for a lot of women, I'll say, hard for me. But yeah, and we get, we get um, sometimes annoyed. Oh, they should know to do that. Yes. They, 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 <laughs> they should know how to make the meal. How hard is that? It's their kids. No, my husband doesn't do a good job. Let's be frank. He does not do a good job making, <laughs> making lunch for, for my kids. So I do that, but I, I don't mind. I actually enjoy it. But there are days, like you said, Hey, can you step up and, and not like that? You wouldn't say it like that, but Hey, can you help <laughs> me here or work together? And you start to say, I'm going to the gym. Yeah. I need you to do this. Or can, you know, what do you think? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and you have that 
open communication versus like, they never just do that. Well, they're not gonna, if you don't (laughs) ask for help. And I I think we've all kind of learned that, right? Like they're not, no one's going to read your mind. No one's going to really know. Um, And I think if you ask, I never hear a no. So I just realized sometimes it's just easier to just ask and they don't know. No one's going to know when you're overwhelmed. And then sometimes if you bottle it up, you just get angry. So, you know, I do that even at work. If like, I have a lot of stuff I'm saying, Hey, can you guys, I, I have so much stuff going on. Can you guys take this off my plate? Um, so please, please, please ask for help. I mean, I thought when I had my first child, I could do it all. I think, you know, a lot of people feel that way. And then I realized, yeah. oh, I can't. So I had no problem <laughs> asking. I asked both my mom and my mother-in-law, like, hey, can you guys come over and help? Yeah. Need that for your sanity. And yeah. what you'll realize is people are willing to help. Absolutely. You just have to let them yeah. know. Feel the guilt and do it anyway, I heard, which is really good <laughs> advice, right? Uh, Pooja, appreciate you so much. Appreciate all your great nuggets. I, I, there's so many like operational ideas I have right now. So I really, really appreciate you. What's space after? Yeah, you, uh, you know, coming on our show. Where can the ladies listening learn more about you and Enzo and really all the great projects you guys, are, you guys have going on? Yeah, so um, if you want to learn more about us, go to www.enzomultifamily.com. So that's E-N-Z-O multifamily. Um, you can also email us at admin at enzoventures.com. Great. And all of this information you can find on our show notes. Now we're going to transition to our fabulous three questions. And the first one, Pooja, is what's the most transformational book you have ever read? Oh, good question. I think it is, you're putting me on the spot, um, Lean In. Mm. And the reason I liked it is because there are a lot of great nuggets of information. It could be little things that I didn't realize I was doing. Um, So that was something that was really powerful for me. Yeah, she's just awesome. The second question is, what's the most powerful routine you do to create a financially free and balanced life? For me, it is actually, so I'm, I think you guys kind of know I'm a visual person. So I like to, at the beginning of the year, just kind of put, put down, okay, what are my expenses going to look like? And what do I think my variable costs are going to look like? And for me, it's, it's a little bit therapeutic, but it also gives me kind of a projection for what I think the year is going to look like. Um, And then, you know, we, we reassess and, and see, are we kind of meeting our goals or not? Um, and so that's, that's actually like my husband's language too. And so we speak the same language together (laughs) and that's something that we kind of come up with together and, and kind of plan. And that just helps keep, keep us like kind of in a checks and balances. Awesome. And the third question is which woman famous or not has inspired you the most? Ooh, that's a good question. Um, I would say in the new the CEO from Pepsi. Mm. Um, and I just think that she has a really cool story. And when I was in business school, um, I went to visit Pepsi. And one thing that they said, she said was, um, you know, if basically it was kind of like, um, pushing the envelope and to really take, take these risks. And, you know, I'm not the most, the biggest risk taker. So I think I was really drawn to that. And I realized, you know, if you don't put yourself out there or you don't take some risks or even like push the risk a little bit further, you're always going to just be status quo. Um, and you're never, you can, I won't say never reach your goals, but it's going to be harder to reach those goals because some of those goals are really high. Um, and sometimes falling is okay because that's how you learn. 
Um, so I, I really liked that. I thought that was very powerful and it stuck with me. Totally. Yeah. And she said, you know, if other people don't like it, she's like, well, maybe it might be doing a good thing. Yeah. Right. <laughs> I think it was Brittany Brown that says, if you're not playing with me on the arena, I don't really care about what you think. <laughs> I was like, yeah, I love it. I love that. Yeah. Well, Pooja, thank you so much again for being on our show. Thank you for, uh, you know, sharing all your great wisdom and, you know, appreciate you and looking forward to hearing all the great things you're up to. So thank awesome. you. Thank you guys. It was great to be here. Thank you. If you enjoyed this podcast and want to receive updates on our next interviews, go to our website, therealestateinvestor.com. There you can subscribe to our show, become part of our investor community and get updates on upcoming episodes. If you like our show, please share it with other women who would benefit. And don't forget to leave us a rating on iTunes. We'd really appreciate it. And as always, we encourage you to take one action as a result of today's show and put it into motion so you can live both a financially free and balanced life. Thanks for spending time with us. Ciao.